The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about 10 miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 8 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. Yesterday, we began listening to a sermon by Elder John Morgan Owens entitled Eternal Security. As Primitive Baptists, we believe that the child of God is eternally secure in the hands of God. Brother John Morgan took us through the scriptures yesterday and will continue to do so today, showing us from the Word of God that a child of God can never lose his eternal salvation. Even though we ought to live in a way that pleases God, and if we don't, we suffer problems here, nonetheless, our eternal destiny is secure. Join us today as we conclude this sermon entitled, Eternal Security. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit.
Let's go to John chapter 5 and verse 24 says this, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Jesus here is teaching about this person who is saved, that has eternal life, and shall not come into condemnation. He's talking about somebody who is, is taken from death and put into life, and they, their, their life can never be called into question ever again. They are, uh, they are apart from condemnation. But notice this. Uh, a lot of people would say this, that here's proof that you have to accept the gospel. It says, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. Well, see, the, the, the problem, if you try to take that verse and to say, see, this means you've got to hear the gospel and you've got to believe it. You've got to accept it. Well, here's, here's what's happening there is there's a causation issue, okay? You believing uh, that uh, hearing the word and believing is not what gives you salvation. Notice what the verse actually says. It says, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. It means you already have it. You're not going to believe it unless you don't already have it. Okay? So this verse, as a matter of fact, although many people would tout that it, it, it supports gospel regeneration, as a matter of fact, it is further proof uh, of what we believe, which is that you're saved by the act of Jesus Christ. The gospel then... Is, is something that gives you encouragement and comfort as a already born-again child of God. That's exactly what that verse is. Uh, Romans 8. You want to talk about some eternal security, you can go to uh, the book of Romans chapter 8. And we'll look at verse uh, 28, beginning at verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. Now, this is a whole other can of worms, okay? Uh, do, we, do we believe that God is working every single thing in your life that happens to your good, to your benefit? Well, if that is the case, we've got a lot of problems that we've got to sort out, okay? We've got to address the fact that you've got, you've got uh, sicknesses, you've got drunk drivers, you've got death, you've got people shooting up places. Are you going to then... Uh, accept the fact that God is making those people do those things. Okay? No. <laughs> no, that's, that's not the case. And as I've said, as a silly example, uh, you know, next time you get the stomach virus, you tell me that's working together for your good, right? That's trying to kill you. No, what's happening here is he says all things work together for good to them that love God, and then he goes on to describe these things. Now, how do I know for sure that when he says these things, he's talking about the things he's about to list. Well, I, I, I'll explain that in just a second. 
Uh, verse 29, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed in the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. Now, these are all, this is, this is salvation. This is your salvation, okay? And, and in, this, in this list here, is there any part of it in which you had to do something? No. In every single part of it, God was doing this. You were the subject. He was doing this upon you. And you also notice that there is no, uh, there is no statements that says in some of these people, uh, he, he carved out a number. You think about uh, Gideon and how uh, the Lord said, this is way too many people for me to deliver Israel. And he, he whittled the number down through, through various tasks and things. That's not what's happening here. He's saying, and all that were in this category go to this one, <laughs> right? So all that God elected in Christ before the foundation of the world, all of those will be there with him in glory. There's nobody left out. And then he says, what shall we then say to these things. As I mentioned in verse 28, he says things. How do we know that the things that he is talking about, the all things, are these things that he's about to list? Because in verse 31, uh, he also says these things. <laughs> what shall we say to these things? Now, unless he has redefined the term in, in, in some other sentence, it's referring to the exact same thing, okay? I like to think of these as bookends over this, uh, this list of things describing what are all of these things that he's working together for your good. It's your salvation that he's worked together for your good. Okay, and now uh, John 10. <clears throat> So we're still talking about, I mean, we're, we're grappling with a lot of things, but what we're trying to address mainly is eternal security, okay? And I don't know of any better verse than, than this. Verse 27 of John 10. Let's go to verse 26, okay? He says, But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. Remember, we were just talking about in that other verse about uh, hearing the gospel. Many people say that you've got to hear the gospel. Even people who believe that you were elected, uh, uh, many Calvinists, for, in for instance, still believe that you've got to hear the gospel and accept the gospel. Well, here Jesus, I, I believe, makes that even clearer. He says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. It says, and you can't, you don't hear me. <laughs> Because you're not my sheep, okay? You see, the causation is, is backwards. People say that you accept the gospel and then you begin to, to believe and to hear God. The truth is, is that you're one of his sheep and that's why you hear him to begin with. All right, so then we go in here to verse 28. And I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Do you think that you or anybody else 
or even Satan himself is capable of taking you out of the hand of your heavenly Father. No. Your heavenly Father holds you safely there and will carry you all the way. So, you're eternally secure. So, all of these, these other uh, doctrines that, that cast doubt in our minds as to our eternal security are not of God. Okay? Uh, now, I, I kind of want to uh, pivot really quickly. I want to talk about some people in the Scripture that we see who did not persevere in, in good works. Okay, If we want to talk about this idea that every one of God's people will persevere in godly living, I want to give some examples of people who did not. Okay, What about uh, Noah? Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, and, and uh, through faith, the Lord blessed him to, to build an ark and and saved uh, his family, and thus saved us. But remember Noah, what happened to Noah in the end of his life? Is that he, he, uh, he grew a vineyard and basically became a drunkard. Now that does not sound to me like uh, somebody who was, who was just persevering in, in godliness. Okay? What about Lot? Uh, Lot, we, of course you know his story. He, he inches his way toward the world, inches his way, and, and eventually he finds himself in Sodom, in that wicked city. Not only that, but apparently he was some type of respected person in, in Sodom. Okay? And so then he gets to the point where when the angels come to save him, and, and the wicked men in that city come up there, and, and they want to take those men for... Um, sinful behavior, uh, he, he says, just take my daughter instead, okay? Now that's, I can't imagine doing that. That does not look like somebody who is persevering in godly living to me, okay? Now we can, just because everybody says, well, judge not, lest you be not judged, that does not mean that, that Scripture doesn't say you can call a spade a spade, okay? Because you can. Now, Lot also then, after the Lord delivers him, he goes up into, uh, because he's afraid to go anywhere else, he lives in a cave and then commits uh, these acts with his daughters. And again, his end is not very glorious, okay? It doesn't sound like somebody who's persevering in godly living. Abraham, the friend of God. Abraham uh, lived a godly life. Uh, God walked with Abraham. Abraham walked with God. Yet Abraham struggled with his faith a lot, okay? To, to the point where they, as, I, as we've mentioned before, as he tried to help God out and created all these other problems when uh, Ishmael came along. Now, yes, Abraham did, uh, at least from what we see in Scripture, did seem to have a good end of his life, <laughs> Uh, many, many people, a uh, nuance of, of persevering in grace is that they would say that even if somebody uh, departs the rails in their lifetime, they will, they will return at the last, at least. But that's not a comfort to me because the scripture with Lot and with Samson, those are some people that never came back, okay? Samson uh, was a man who basically did everything wrong that you possibly could do wrong, okay? He is really a wonderful example. He's a wonderful teacher to us 
of how not to live life. I mean, you want to you know how to live life, just, just do the opposite of Samson. He, 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 uh, he basically violated, or he did violate, every single uh, tenet of the, the Nazarene, the, that oath that, that his uh, parents took, that, that no razor would touch his head, all these sorts of things. All of those things. He, he violated all of those. He touched dead things. He got that, the honeycomb out of the lion. Uh, he had a problem with, uh, with managing his emotions with, uh, with women. Uh, he, he basically, he made shipwreck of his life. Okay, let's just, let's just put it that way. And so then, when at the end of his life, people say he had a, he had a return to God when he's sitting there grinding at the meal, he's blinded out. And, and people say, look, see, he returns to God at the end. You remember what he did at the end? <laughs> he prayed to God, yes, but what did he say? He said, return my strength to me that I may avenge my enemies. You see, even at the end, it wasn't about, it wasn't about coming back to God in repentance. It was coming back to God to help him do something, <laughs> to get back at somebody. It was about revenge. You see, that's not... That's not a, a godly prayer, you know. Um, to me, Samson, when I was studying Samson when I was in college, thinking about these sort of things swirling around in my head, Samson was somebody I could not get over in, in, in seeing that persevering in, in grace, perseverance in grace is not a doctrine that holds water. Okay. Now, we've got, to, we've got to kind of skip on along. Um, there's other people we could talk about. Uh, David, uh, King David, uh, Peter, the apostle. Then we've got, uh, of course, in Hebrews 11, we see that Samson and Lot and Abraham, these people that failed in their life are listed as these great heroes of our faith. Now, that is, to me, an example of the grace of God. That even failures like them, like failures like me, can be one of God's people because of His grace. You see what happens when we get so far into, into trying to think about works of man. And what does that mean? Does that mean that, that you lost your salvation? Does that mean you never were a child of God? You see what happens? We're distracted from what matters, and that is the works of God and salvation. All right, now, last uh, few minutes, I want to talk to you about an overarching principle in Scripture of the gospel. The gospel itself, that word means good news, okay? Now, neither of these doctrines that we've sort of been contrasting and talking about are good news when it comes to your eternal security, because it casts doubt. And that is contrary to the whole intention of the Scripture of God. Let's go to Isaiah 40. And we'll look at verse 1. This is the message. This is, this is coming to you from, from the Lord. It says, comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. I always view this when I'm reading this as an address from God to me as a minister, as to my, my purpose and my role in delivering the Word of God to people, is 
Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your Lord. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem, and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she hath received the Lord's hand double for all her sins. This is the gospel message. Jesus says, I want my people who I have redeemed to be comforted by the words of this message. That her warfare, that your warfare is accomplished. That your iniquity is pardoned and that you have received of the Lord's hand double for all your sins. You know, uh, we, like probably most of us in here, uh, we, my family, we have debts. Okay, like most everybody in here, you probably own, you have probably have some debts on uh, student debt or debts on your house or debts on property or whatever the case may be. Essentially, what's, what the Lord is saying here is he's broadcasting a message to these people indebted in their sin, and he's saying the Lord has paid double for your debts. That would be like somebody coming uh, and, and, and paying our debts that we have, but then saying, I'm going to pay double just for good measure, right? I'm going to pay double what your debts are just, just at a display of my love. That's amazing. Now, is that a message that is designed to, to make you focus in on your works or to focus in on, does that, is that gift for me? Now, that is a message of comfort to God's people. Amen. Acts uh, 17, let's flip over there. We've got four minutes, so hang on tight. Acts 17 and verse 31 <clears throat> Because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, and that he hath raised him from the dead. He's talking about Jesus. The, the great assurance that we have in the fact that Jesus was raised from the dead. You see, the gospel message has always been about assurance. And then Colossians 2, Colossians 2 and verse 2, it says this, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. Now, again, he's addressing a church there. He's, he's stating his intention in this message, which is that you might be assured. You might be comforted. And then, uh, let me see here. 2 Thessalonians 2.16. i got to get this. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. We've got two minutes. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 16 says, Now our Lord Jesus Christ Himself, and God even our Father, which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good work, uh, word and work. You see, this is, this is the gospel message. is that it is to be an everlasting consolation for you. You're not supposed to, to go to the Scriptures and look at them and, 
and be in torment as to whether you're, sa- you're saved or not. Okay? Now, you may read the scriptures and it may, uh, you may be convicted of sins and things that you're doing wrong. If you experience that ever, it's a evidence that you're one of his children. But it is to be an everlasting consolation and good hope through grace. Now, notice in verse 17, he says, Comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. You see, a lot of people say that works are proof to you uh, that uh, you're saved. And, and they certainly can be. But the point is not that you look at your works to draw comfort. You draw comfort from the Word of God, from the everlasting consolation of the gospel. And because of that, you can be comforted to do good works, okay? And to, uh, and every good work. Now, there's a lot more we could talk about. There's a lot more that I wanted to address. Um, but it is, it is a very, very, very large topic, okay? And I hope that we can maybe return back to it again. But here's, here is the, the, the breakdown, okay? Uh, here's the review. Is that there is a doctrine that says it's about your works to get saved. Most, most of those people would say that you don't lose your salvation. But my point is that if it's your work that got you in, how could you ever be assured that it was good enough? And maybe it could be a work that got you out. And then there's also a doctrine that's, that's still is hung up on works that says, well, all of God's people will persevere in godly living. And so they, they get hung up on works again. The doctrine that the Bible teaches and we hold to here is that Jesus saved you from your sins, period. And you will be in heaven because of the, the blood shed by Jesus Christ. That's, that takes a weight off of my back. Just to know that Jesus did it. He actually saved me. And that now I don't have to worry in, in those dark times when Satan is trying to convince you of, of your failings. You don't have to listen to it. Now, that doesn't mean that we live any way we want to. Obviously, we know that. We live, we try to live godly because of what he's already done for us. Hope that's an encouragement to you. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.